seemed nice and showed interest in me, like genuine interest, like they actually cared about me, I would I would often be like, what is yeah there's, there must be something wrong with you like there must be something like real like you must be insane and that's why you wouldn't you date me, me. <laughs> <laughs> i really didn't realize this was gonna be all about it's that. really about that michael <laughs> hi i'm dahlia i'm not your therapist but i am a dating coach a matchmaker and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore so let's have it Hello, good morning. Welcome. Let's see. Listener question for the week. I'm going to conglomerate a bunch of questions I've been getting lately, which regard how to end things well and how to respond if something gets ended for you. Um, I'm really, really on a push that we have to be the change we want to see in the ghost. We have to be the ones to make it better. So I was talking to a client who wanted to end something and she said, yeah, he keeps asking me out and I've just been really busy. And I was like, is that the way you would want to be treated? Probably not. You should just tell him you're not interested. And if you do it in a kind, generous, thoughtful way of, hey, I've had such a great time getting to know you. You're a great guy. I don't really see this going anywhere long term. I wish you the best of luck. They cannot be mad about that. No one can be mad at honesty. On the other side of that, I had a client who had someone that she was seeing. They went on four or five dates, but then he kind of started to do the pull away, fade away thing. Um, And he finally reached out to her and said, hey, I've had such a great time with you. I'm actually reconnecting with someone from my past. So whatever, I don't think we should continue seeing each other. And she responded with, Thank you for letting me know because we should always reinforce positive behavior. And uh, she said, you know, let me know if anything ever changes, which I think is great because you don't have to close the door. You never know what's going to happen. And you want to let them know you're not angry at them. He wasn't not choosing her because of her. He reconnected with someone. He had unfinished business. We've all been there. Got to see where it goes. He was honest about it. And that's what we want to encourage. So if you do not want to see someone anymore, be honest about it. And if they don't handle it well, all the more reason you don't want to see them anymore. But if they do handle it well, they're going to hopefully go do the same thing the next time they're not interested in someone. And if someone does it to you in a kind, respectful way, give them positive reinforcement. Don't just be like, cool, lol. Say, thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate your honesty. This is so much better than if you had disappeared on me. Let me know if anything ever changes. What a nice thing to do. And then you can be friends. Maybe you can set each other up with your friends when you think of it. Hey, you could even say, thank you for letting me know. If you have any cute single friends that you think of for me, send them my number. Why not? Put yourself out there. Show that you really respect how they treated you. You'd like to know other people like them. And like I said, it'll just encourage everyone to be better in the future. And I really think this is in our hands. So if you're a person that's always like, why do people treat me this way? Think about how you're treating people when you don't want to date them anymore and start making the change yourself. Great. So I'm here with Michael Joel Bartell. I'm so excited to use all three of his names and to be here. He is a friend of mine from college. I wonder if I'll ever stop just having my friends on this show. If anyone who's not my friend wants to be on the show, please let me know. Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Please do. I love my friends. Michael is my dear friend from college. He is an amazing yogi, enlightened human being with 
a blog that is wonderful. He just has so many amazing, wonderful thoughts. Part of what's so great about him is how he's very open about not feeling enlightened sometimes, which to me is the most enlightened you can be. And he's just super talented, gorgeous human being. When we first met in college, I was completely in love with him. And he straight up told me I don't need new friends in addition to not wanting to be my romantic friend. But somehow we fought through this. (laughs) (laughs) And we became very good friends. And we love each other. And then Michael is the person who got me involved in yoga. And we love each other so much. And now... Michael is joining us all the way from Germany? Correct. I'm from, yes. I'm not from Germany, sorry, but I am talking to you from Germany. Living in Germany. Michael is, at least last I heard, in a relationship. That is still true. Still true. But received an email from Michael that was just like so complimentary and joyous as always. But he was like, I'd like to talk, even though I'm in a relationship, about like codependency and other things. So we will talk about that and then we'll also be like, Michael, what do you think people should do because you're so enlightened? But let's start with your relationship. Like, fill me in. What's going on? Also, hi. Do you, did I miss everything? anything about you? Well, I suppose, I, I mean, I'm sort of like phasing out of the yoga business. Oh. Or I've been phasing out of the yoga business and going back toward my acting roots, mm. my like Shakespeare roots. Mm. Um, As you can hear, Michael's voice is unreal part of the reason i first fell in love with him it's true it's a it's a fake voice it's not my real voice it's not your real voice (laughs) it's so good it's so beautiful i feel like it's even more beautiful than the last time i talked to you oh you're too sweet um but yeah so i'm i'm actually gonna and i'm getting back into acting in shakespearean productions and i'm also um gonna be this autumn starting a a shakespeare studies phd program in england oh wow so you're gonna be a doctor of shakespeare i'm gonna be dr shakespeare wow i'm gonna call you that from now on (laughs) dr shakespeare oh my gosh that's amazing and michael's been kind of living all over europe for a long time he left us here in america a long time ago wisely um well yeah yeah (laughs) well yeah i i moved to england i moved to london in 2012 and then um i've been kind of uh, i was there for quite some time but then i've spent a lot of time in germany some time in sweden and um i yeah i've i've i'm kind of a no man's i'm a i'm a i'm not a no man's land i'm a no lands man man at the moment but i um. like that can i ask you are you and obviously we won't talk too long about this because this is about love advice and not career advice but are you phasing out of yoga land and into shakespeare land because you're like i'm just too enlightened and i kind of want to be a crazy person again like you want to get back to being so, an actor, which translates to crazy person. <laughs> I think I, I think I know what you mean. Actually, um, in some ways, yes. I really loved uh, in a couple a couple of episodes ago. You were talking to someone, and you were like, "Oh, I, I don't believe that anybody's a real human being until they're thirty. But and then they were like, "Oh, but this person was thirty-five, and he still wasn't." And and you were like, "Oh, but if someone's." an artist of any kind then I subtract 10 years exactly I just just loved that because I think it's so I laughed I was on the train and I just laughed out loud when I heard you say that because I think it's so true um and in a way I think yeah I think I started I became a professional yoga teacher when I was 24 and 
interestingly enough, it does tie into my dating life because I felt at the time that I was trying to be so spiritually pure that I don't think I'd let myself have as much fun as I really wish I had, I suppose. I would say Um, this all ties back to you telling me in college that you didn't need new friends. (laughs) I think it's about... You're probably right. It's about an an economy of like pleasure for you. And you're like, I only deserve how much I earn. Like, and is this reasonable? And it's like, you don't have to be reasonable when taking your own life's pleasure for yourself. You know, I knew there was a reason why I wanted to talk to you. It was so important for me to hear that. No, because it's true. I think I I, I have a history or I had a history of taking myself way too seriously. And I think part of that encompassed me um, being just way too serious to actually have fun in my dating life. And, you know, I like full disclosure on a on a, you know, very public in a very public forum not a lot of people know this but I will say that like I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21 and I think it was because I just I think I took I was taking relationships too seriously I was taking sex too seriously it all seemed very serious to me and you know I grew up in Texas as well which I like didn't grow up like going to church but I did grow up with a lot of like very Christian influences in my life and I think that kind of made me feel like sex was something that was very very serious and it is something that's serious but I, I think not in a not in the same way as I thought it was yeah at the time I think it's something and... that has meaning but it's whatever that meaning is for the people having it and it doesn't have to be right. serious or heavy meaning it can just be fun meaning and like you deserve yeah this. I'm also a little upset that you lost your virginity at 21 and it wasn't to me but whatever it's <laughs> Well, it just, uh, yeah, <laughs> there were, there's a, there, you know, there's just a lot in my, in my past that, um, I don't know, it's funny when I look back on, on how I conducted myself through, specifically through my university years, like, I'm just like, man, like, I missed out on a lot of opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take it from me. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> I just brought you on here to sexually harass you, just so you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I told my girlfriend yesterday that, like, she, I was, that I was going to be doing this interview, and she was like, oh, am I going to be, like, surprised by anything in your past? And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well. <laughs> Watch out, girlfriend. No. Maybe, maybe we both are. Um, <laughs> but, um, no. So, yeah, I think, I think the the whole me so becoming a professional yoga teacher sort of calcified my seriousness taking of life and really made me feel like I had this immense responsibility to like my students whatever that means or like yoga or you know to be like really pure and so it meant for me like oh I didn't you know I didn't want to be someone who I actually the other part of it is that like I've seen so many yoga teachers so many male yoga teachers in particular like taking advantage of their roles and just like using it as a means to sleep around and 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 really sort of take advantage of of people particularly young women or you know young men depending on you know how how they what they were after Mm -hmm. and I just really found that so distasteful from my own personal perspective that that was kind of something that I didn't want to repeat. Yeah. Um, 
And in the end, you know, it's something that I did for 10 years or so, and um, I just saw a whole lot of hypocrisy and a whole lot of, you know, there's an attitude in yoga, which I think is projected very, and it's marketed very well. There are a lot of people who kind of see yoga teachers as these like very pure beings who, you know, are either enlightened or they're like on their way to enlightenment, whatever the way, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. and that they don't have any problems and that like, and the funny thing about it is that like, there are almost more problems in the yoga community than there are in the general population because of the fact that well there are just as many but because they pretend to not have any problems um it comes out in really weird ways and really manipulative ways and i just saw so much of that and also got taken advantage a lot in that perfection in that profession in ways that made me so it just made me realize that like i didn't i didn't fit in um yeah no i mean yeah, and, and I, it's funny because you know, you kind of almost got me into yoga and I still love it as a form of exercise and relaxation and stress relief. But, you know, I went through the teacher training program and all that and definitely went through the like yoga teachers are these perfect beings and being in love with every male yoga teacher and some female yoga teachers that I had and just kind of projecting this perfection and desired enlightenment onto them. And um, it's just funny because now as an older person, like sometimes I notice and not to generalize too much, but I sometimes do notice like when I'm at yoga, the people who strive to seem the most like yogi and enlightened and you hear them having these conversations can be very rude when it's simple things like waiting for the bathroom or moving their yoga mat or, you know, like those little things that to me really say you're a considerate person. And it's so cliche, but I'm kind of it reminds me of. This is really whatever. But that song in Hair by the woman who's like, husband leaves her to go be a hippie. And he's like, I care about the world. And she's like, what about the people next to you? And I just think you can forget that that's the most important way to kind of show consideration. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. So, yeah, so I've kind of I've I've always I've always I mean, I've in, in over the years, I've like continued to have dreams about acting in Shakespearean plays and I've just kind of wanted to get back into that and so I've gone back to that I'm so happy to hear I think it it is a funny thing happening like also in our society right now that's kind of proving my point of you're not a person until you're 30 especially if you're an artist Um, because there's just so many routes that we can take now and there is all this encouragement to kind of like try out different things and don't feel stuck in what you've chosen for yourself. And certainly no one should feel stuck in what they choose at 25 or 35. And the same goes, I think, for relationships. I mean, I'm all about commitment and staying when you're happy. But I think some people, you know, they achieve this goal early on of a committed relationship and they kind of stick with it through their own growth and refuse to kind of ask what else is out there. And so I do think it's really important for people to date when they're young and wait until they've seen quite a bit before they choose a long-term relationship or a long-term career. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I'm kind of like case in point with that. I mean, I suppose you could say that you are too, but like (laughs) lots of people can, (laughs) but like, like, you know, I, I was because of, I think my attitudes towards sex and my attitudes toward like, Oh, you know, I think there was something in me that was like, I need to be 
if I'm going to be with somebody like I need, like I'm, if I choose somebody, I have to just stay with them. You know, I just have to like, this is the person I, what I didn't let myself just casually date. I always just had relationships and I just like met somebody that I liked. This person likes me. Okay. We're just going to be together. Right. And I didn't give it any kind of chance to like, oh, let's just see how this goes. I right. I was always just like, oh, I like this person. We're going to be together. Yeah. When you fell, um, you fell hard. And often I would see you, you know, we were very good friends, but <laughs> if we went a certain period of time without seeing each other, when we'd meet again, you'd be totally head over heels, painfully heartsick in love with someone new. And I was like, this has got to be so painful <laughs> every time. And sometimes it was unrequited. And of course, we've all been through that time when unrequited is just endlessly appealing. Um, yeah, sure. But I, I hope that we all, most of us grow out of that eventually once we experience it being requited. And we're like, oh, it's actually nicer when it's requited this feels better yeah and i had a i had a hard time getting past that i mean just just like a number of times where i'd be like i'd meet somebody like oh my gosh like we click so well it's great and then it would take me like a good while before i found out oh she's actually a lesbian like just doesn't <laughs> like, like that happened a number of you times. do love lesbians <laughs> i commend you yeah, for well, that. i still do it's like a lot of good you know a lot of my very best friends are lesbians yes um or you know if they don't want to call themselves lesbians queer women what you know can i but, can um, i um call you out on something and then if you want me to cut it out later i can you are absolutely allowed to call me out yeah sure i just and i think this was you i'm pretty sure it was you but in our wedding calling off episode i think i said i know oh. someone who called off their wedding when the guests were on the way to london mm. for their wedding yeah. and that that was, that was you <laughs> Yeah, I heard that. I was like on, you know, it was last weekend I was on the plane listening to that episode and I was just like, oh, hi. hi. Yeah, <laughs> People never know when it's going to come up and bite them. If I know you, you're going to show up on this podcast. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I And I was going to bring that up because it is a case in point for me of like, I met this person. I think I was, I can't remember how old I was. I was in my 20s and I was like, okay, I like this person. This person likes me. We, I mean, we moved in together three months after we started dating. And you met in London, right? No, no, oh, no. We met in New York. Oh, right. This is why you moved to London. We moved to okay. London together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, but we moved in and then I was just like, okay, like I moved in with this person. Then we moved to London and I was like, okay, we moved to London together. So like, I guess the next thing is like, we get married. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then we were engaged for a year and a half and like a whole lot of stuff happened in that year and a half that just like made it very clear that the level of compatibility that I thought we had was just not, that was just not there mm-hmm. or it changed. And, you know, it got the closer the date of the wedding got, I was like, oh my gosh, this just can't, I, I like, there are just so many things that need to be fixed before this happens. And I really related to um, the guest that you had before who talked about the doubts that she had with her fiance and things. And, uh, you know, I really related to that because, and how the pressure of like, Oh, but we have this date and it's like, this is like people are coming and it's going to happen. And you right. know, in my case, as you mentioned, like if people were flying across an ocean, like a lot of people. Yep. And it was even closer than it was in the, in the case with your previous guest. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it really, when I look back on that time, it shows me how much my attitude toward relationships was based on external 
expectations totally of how things should go because i had met this person i'd moved in we moved to a different country together we had this whole sort of you know we like things were going externally you know from the outside it looked like all according to plan the way it's supposed to go you know but um there were a lot of things that weren't that just just were not working and my idea was okay like let's figure this out first like let's let's not get married right now let's figure this out and then figure it out you know and for her and i'm not i'm not going to fault her for it like this was just her position but she just felt like that if i if we weren't going to get married when we decided we were going to get married then for her that meant the relationship was not the relationship that she wanted yeah so we ended up breaking up but i think that and that was that that was it was so hard for me and i know that it was very hard for her as well but like i don't regret making that decision um because it was it was one of the first wake-up calls for me that like i can't and nobody should live their lives according to what the outside world expects totally and who isn't happy to just take a trip to london for no reason everyone wants to do that yeah and and i think that you know when i when i contacted you i said specifically that i wanted to talk about codependency because it is in retrospect a pattern for me that i've recognized is has really governed my attitude toward relationships and part of that like codependent tendency for me is like oh like you know regardless of like what it means for the rest of my own life like I was thinking I can't cancel this wedding because of these people who are coming to. I cared so much right. about like what they were going to think. And like How did you not... finally do it with her being like, "Well, then it's all... like what was your what was the moment for you? Like what made did you just wake up like a few days before and be like, "I can't do it?" Or, you know, how did that happen? Well, I think what I, for me the big realization was like, okay, like I could get married to this person and then try to make it work. But like, I felt like I'm on this track of you move in together, you have like big life, you know, some big life thing happen. Like for us, it was moving to a different country together and then you get married. And then the, what's the next thing? The next thing you have. Kids. Right. And I was like, I can't like, I just don't feel confident enough in our relationship to each other to like bring another human being into this world mm. like, that just doesn't like I I don't feel like that's an option had you guys talked right about now. kids do you want kids we we had talked about it and I think again it was for me like I just thought well yeah I want kids because that's kind of what you're supposed to want mm-hmm. like that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. um and you know so it was just an expectation of like yeah that's what's like that's what's going to happen next like that's obviously the next step um so yeah it was it was something that we we'd been talking about Mm -hmm. i just think it's so brave and so smart that you didn't do it and i think you know the more people can hear about just because you're hurtling down this hill and it doesn't seem like there's a way to stop because the plans are in motion the invitations are sent or the lease is signed or whatever it is, you can always stop and say, I don't think so. And even more so that, that, you know, in both of these kind of cases, I heard that the partner was like, well, if we're not doing the wedding, then we shouldn't be together. And to me, that's a even bigger warning sign that a person couldn't 
be there with you and say, okay, you're right. Like we don't have to jump to that. It's not all or nothing. It doesn't have to be so black and white. It can be, let's talk about it and we can continue to work on us and decide later if we want to have a wedding. And I'm willing to stay with you through the inevitable kind of embarrassment or shame or whatever is going to come from telling your family that you're not together because it's about the two of you. It's not about what other people think of the two of you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it is important for people to recognize. Uh, and I, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to pretend it was of easy. Of course I'm not. not. Pretend, no. I'm not going to pretend it's going to be easy for anybody, but it's, it's the, the fact that it's hard. Doesn't mean that it's impossible. Right. The fact that it's hard doesn't mean that it's not sometimes the thing that needs to be done. Right. So let's um, let's jump ahead to your current yeah. situation because just a little. So my take on you thus far, again, is whenever. So after that happened, you you know you've traveled around Europe a lot. You've bounced around. You kind of have this nomadic lifestyle, and then you've had various kind of long distance relationships. I do think yeah. you got some real dating in there and some real like seeing other people. I remember when you were like, I think I'm going to try out these apps and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, I was so excited. Yeah. So I went to you and I asked your advice on the apps and how to go about that. And, you know, I just felt like I got really good advice. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so there was a period of time where I did feel finally like, okay, like I don't need to take every single person that I meet and like so seriously. Totally. And that was such a huge step for me. And kind of along the, you know, I, there was, there was one woman that I met on one of these apps that like actually really broke my heart. And in, in retrospect, like was just very disrespectful of me Mm -hmm. in ways that I let her be Mm -hmm. um, because of, my attitude, you know, my own patterns and my kind of attitude toward relationships in general of kind of jumping in and let, you know, kind of taking things that I don't necessarily need to take, but I thought I should. Um, And then it was sort of after that, after really getting more heartbroken that I was just like, there must be another way of doing this. Like there must be another way of, of, there must be a way of doing this that's actually fun and where I don't need to like be destroyed every single time a relationship ends. God, I love I this. I know that that relationship is. I just bad love. For me. I love that you're saying this too because I feel like we hear this from women a lot, women identifying, mm-hmm. and we don't hear it very often from straight male identifying uh, people who are saying, "I also took things way too seriously and expected every person I went on a date with to end up." as my relationship and felt there was something more to someone if they treated me badly or, you know, whatever it is. Oh my gosh. And it, what, you know what you just said? It is so, it is just an illustration of my attitude toward myself. Like I really felt, and I remember having a conversation with you about this. Like I really felt as though it was, as soon as somebody actually seemed nice and showed interest in me like genuine interest like they actually cared about me i would i would often be like what is yeah there must be something wrong with you like there must be something like real that you must be insane and that's why you wouldn't date me me. (laughs) (laughs) i really didn't realize this it's really about that michael No, but it's true. I know I saw that in you. You really put value in people who rejected you or made it difficult for you or challenged you. And part of that, too, is the overachiever hard worker that you are. 
is that it felt better if you had to work for it and prove yourself and figure this problem out rather than just, wow, if they're not into me, they must be some kind of an idiot, which they would have to be. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so it's so funny because like the same around the same time I last had that conversation with you, I had a conversation with another one of our friends, Elizabeth, who was like, oh, yeah, I tell my partner all the time, like, the, the the thing I like most about them is the fact that they like me so much. Exactly. <laughs> that, this that is what we need to, to like value. Me. This is what we need to value. <laughs> when someone likes you, take yes for an answer and consider it a good thing. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. value in someone being like, mm, I don't know. Like I feel, I don't know. Could you work a little hard? It's like, no. They should just worship you for no reason at all. Yeah. Except for and you. I do, and I and I do think that uh, you're right in that it is it is important for straight male identifying people to hear this because I know because I have friends who just like me have had the same attitude and have had the same kind of history of like having their heart broke hearts broken because they are attracted to people who are not available in some way just you know we kind of have a tendency to pigeonhole women into doing that in that Mm -hmm. role but like men do it too you know and i was i was one of them and and now after having had the opportunity you know doing the apps and like having a casual dating life finally and like having fun and just letting myself see where it went see where everything went i really got to a point where i was like you know i've ex i've expected my whole life that i was just obviously i'm gonna end up with somebody i'm gonna end up with somebody i'm gonna get married like i'm gonna spend the rest of my life with that person maybe that won't happen Mm. like that might that might it it might actually just be that like i casually date for the rest of my life i'm single more or less for the rest of my life or i have short-term relationships and like i remember having that realization and at first being like really heartbroken for like a second and then after that being like you know what that's that is as equally valid a life as anything else it is really absolutely okay if that's how my life goes like it really that doesn't that doesn't need to mean that there's something wrong with 100 percent. that doesn't need to mean that like i've failed somehow you know like there are people who have that kind of life and like there's no reason to judge them as lesser or anything like that and and for me like accepting that as a possibility of how my life might go was so freeing it was just such a liberating moment and just and just like wow like i that means that that means that i can value what i bring to myself and and the things that i feel passionate about and the things that i feel make me come to life as an individual more than what other people assign to totally. me or what i get from from you know the kind of validation that I can get from anybody else and I think I I am so happy you just said all of that and I really hope people can hear that because I have to say like I've talked about this a little but even in terms of like if having kids is really important to you there's no reason that that's dependent on another person would you ideally like to share that with a partner maybe but it could be equally as challenging or worse than doing it on your own or with family members or a community or friends or whatever it is. I think once you can let go of that goal-oriented mindset when you're dating, when you're out in the dating world, and it sounds 
you know, I know it's hard for people to do. I know it's easier said than done. You really have to kind of get to that point on your own. But if you can decide that your happiness in life is not about achieving this goal that other people have set for you or coupling up with a person and having this family unit or whatever it is, that all the things you want in life you can get on your own. It frees you so much when you go on these dates to just be like, do I like you? Do you make my life better or not? Not, do I see a future with you? Are we going to be compatible partners? Are you my future husband, my future wife? Like, if you can just be like, do you add to my life? Would I keep you as a friend? Rather than analyzing from the get-go how they're going to be as a partner. Maybe they're not going to be your partner. Maybe they're going to be your friend. I remember the night I came home from my first date with my boyfriend. I literally, I was a little drunk. So I said out loud to myself, well, guess I'll just be dating forever. And I said it with just like the most, and it wasn't because it was a bad date. It just didn't feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to turn into the love of my life. He's going to be my partner. We're going to live together. Like it didn't, it just felt like another date. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to accept. There isn't a magic bullet out there. There isn't one person that's going to drop from the sky. Maybe I'll just date forever. And sure enough, once I relaxed about that and just, Kept saying yes to dates with him because I was having a nice time and I didn't really care about where it was going. Everything opened up. Exactly. And it really gave me an opportunity for the first time in my life, I would say, to just think about dating as something fun. And I think that's something that I really appreciate about how you work and the way that you talk about it is that I just like so much of my life. Like I was just taking it so seriously. And I know that Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of why a lot of, you know, the things that I was trying to go for didn't really go anywhere because like the other person was often just like, dude, you are just too serious. Like what? <laughs> like, yeah, I just couldn't chill out. And I didn't really know how, but it's, I guess I just needed to, we all have our, we all, we all bloom at, blossom at different times, don't we? <laughs> very, very true. The important thing is that we get there eventually exactly. in some way. So Without going into too much detail about your guys' whole story, just in the interest of kind of saving time, you had said that you, you're moving to London. She already lives in London. You met in London. We met in London on, on, on OkCupid. On OkCupid. We did. And I went out, we went out for coffee and I just was like, wow, I really like this person. Like it was, it was a very clear sense for me of somebody that I felt seemed very kind, seemed very smart, and was very attractive. And I thought, oh, well, you know, my aim is to end up here long term anyway. She lives here. Like, I don't have to worry about like, a long term, long distance thing. So yeah, I just I thought very it was became very clear to me that I was someone that I wanted to spend time with. And it was also very clear to me that the more time I spent with her, the more I liked her, the more it became obvious that she was indeed a kind person and that the fact that she was all of those things and was attracted to me was something that like I really liked you know and Mm -hmm. that she treated me really well and I and also she just made me laugh she just makes me laugh so much and that is something that it's just like it's (laughs) often when people ask me about her they're like, tell me about her. And that's just one of the first things that come out of my mouth because it is such a wonderful thing. And, you know, I guess now where I am, we're at a point where we've been 
dating for almost six months and I wow. really like the you know I've, I've heard you talk about how you you notice that in the first year of relationships there's like a kind of three month like each each three months there's like a marking point where you sort of um you know the first three months is like all like you know brain chemicals and you know like all the like feels magical and all of that stuff and then the second three months like you start to kind of feel more I don't really I can't exactly grounded I would say you just you like the next three months is kind of yeah, like you still have those chemicals, but you're like, oh, they're a person and maybe they see you be a person for the first time. And and you start to be like, OK, like I'm landing slowly, not in a bad way, but like we're not just floating in the air anymore together. Now we're going to recognize that we both have individual needs and personalities and different fun things will come up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so now and that has really been the case. And I and now so we're entering into we're about to enter into the like next sort of three month set. And I suppose um, a a big reason I wanted to talk to you is because, you know, I I hear you talk a lot with people who are kind of either between or like looking to find somebody or uh, have are in like longer term things and like having lots of problems or what have you. And for me, Mm -hmm. like I'm not in either of those situations. I'm like very happy and I'm in a place where like I remember when I fell in love with your podcast was the very first episode, obviously, when I (laughs) when I heard you say when I heard you say you're going to get to a point where you're with somebody who treats you really well and you're like not going to find it boring like you would expect to. And I really was like, wow, like that seems for the first time in my life possible to me. And because because I'm because I'm feeling that and I'm living it. And I guess what I'm noticing as we're approaching this like six month point is that I am really feeling for the first time, like genuinely in a very loving place with somebody. It feels, as you say, it should be much more like good times than it is like challenging times, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Like is also just not something that I'm used to. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? It's so weird. Like it's so weird that it should just be such a novelty. (laughs) But I know it's crazy that our idea of like true love and long-term relationships is like it's gotta be hard and like you struggle to love this person and every day is a struggle when it's like when you actually experience the pleasant day-to-day of like not that hard you're like oh interesting yeah and it feels so good but I suppose now what I'm thinking is like having kind of been used to having a much more sort of tense dynamic in the past and kind of addicted to the drama I suppose of it like how is it that you I mean this is what I'll say I find myself a little bit and I don't want to speak for her but I you know from discussions we've had I can say that like I think we both in some ways like are almost kind of looking for something to be wrong um Mm -hmm. and although that sounds like a you know wonderful problem to have like of course it is a wonderful problem to have but like I'm just aware that like that could actually become you know it could it could be more problematic than it than it needs to be or how do you sort of you know how do you sort of like settle into feeling like oh this is a good thing like without I don't know creating more problems I think you have to easier said than done but I think you do just have to kind of be patient with yourself and recognize 
where you're coming from. And because I did, I think that I did that a lot in the beginning of my relationship of just like kind of waiting and like not really trusting and enjoying myself, but being like, is this a thing? Is this the thing? And I'm sure I picked a couple fights just to see what would happen like just to be like well what if i do what if i press this button you know like what does that do does that blow it up and it's this interesting kind of we want to get out ahead of the problem and the potential pain or the hurt and we're like if i can figure out what it's going to be and kind of be there already then either that will prevent it or i'll get myself out of this bliss that feels too good to be true cuz i'm more comfortable in the kind of unhappy tense place and the like relationship is a struggle place than I am in the just like could I possibly just be content with this person and so I think in some ways you just have to be patient and understanding with yourself and when those thoughts come up you can recognize them you don't have to follow down that road but you can just be like that's interesting I'm doing that again I mean you know this as a yoga teacher person that like noticing the thought and then just kind of letting it go I actually read this interesting like blog post the other day or something where um Seth Godin I don't know if you're familiar with his blog but he encourages people who like want to minimize their accomplishments or their title or their role whatever to keep a minimizing coin in their pocket and whenever they have one of those urges where they're like oh I'm not that great or whatever when someone's talking to them to flip over the coin instead of doing the minimizing. And I kind of thought of that with like people who want to worry about all the possible negatives that are going to come and all the possible arguments and all the possible problems from bad experiences, both in dating and relationships. People do this where they're like, it's going really well, but I don't trust it. Like this thing happened to me before, you know? So kind of keeping, I don't know if the coin would work for everyone, but some sort of reminder where you can just be like, okay, like, that's nice. I had that thought. I'm not going to choose to follow it and let it make me pick a fight or get all anxious or whatever. Mm. Recognizing it, allowing it its space, whether it's flipping over a coin in your pocket or having a piece of paper where you can keep a little tally for yourself and just whatever it is that can make you feel like you gave the thought it's respect (laughs) and then you could kind of move on from it rather than uh, deciding to become best friends with it and I think it's some of it too just does get easier with time like the the six month point I think like you're saying those that first year those every three months you have kind of a panic where you're like well this is when it went bad before or like Mm, this is when (laughs) I became a human before and I had that too where it was like This is when I usually, I had a history of like losing interest at the three months or deciding at the three months, this is not my boyfriend or the six months or whatever it is. And so kind of being like, okay, we're just going to get through it one day at a time. And just because it happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Same goes for people dating who are like, we've had four dates, but this guy dumped me at four dates before without any notice. So how do I know it's not going to happen? You don't know. But predicting it's going to happen isn't going to save you any pain or heartache and it's not going to make it any easier if it does happen. So you might as well kind of enjoy the time while you're in it and just know like what you already had discovered that you'd be okay dating for the rest of your life is still true, Mm. even though 
you love this person and you're having a wonderful time. If it all ended tomorrow, it would hurt like hell and it would be terrible, but it would still be true that you can have a fulfilling life and enjoy dating. It's so, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's so tricky because I think, I think my first, when I first realized that I really liked this person, I was like, oh, but like, that means, you know, I, I kind of, it was a simultaneous realization that the level of comfort that I had established and very consciously established of like being alone, like, oh, I can do this. Like, I'm happy being alone. Like, I'm actually like, mm-hmm. you know, being with somebody who's not absolutely great is not worth just like being with somebody because it's just a lot better and easier to be on my own but like being having met somebody who is who it's worth it for all of a sudden it's like oh this means now that all of the work that I've done on myself to get to this point where I feel comfortable in my own skin like I'm gonna get to see how real that is because it becomes so obvious in a relationship how (laughs) like how how deep it's gone into my bones or not you know and then you know it's like if if I'm not able to continue to be comfortable continue to thrive continue to like feel fulfilled in myself even in this relationship where it brings things up then I'm you know then I know that I'm not enlightened which right which surprise which is something that I love that you've said before as well like of course I'm not. Like, nobody is. <laughs> no one is. And we're all, I mean, we're all vulnerable. We're all fallible. None of this is to say that it wouldn't totally suck to have things go bad and blow up and have to go back to dating and whatever. Mm. But I think, like, the more you can kind of be like, I was okay before, and I'm going to be okay. So I'm just going to, because it's like once you start operating from a tense place of like looking for the fight, waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, equating what you're in to what happened to you before and and doing all that. And, st- and that kind of goes along with the like, if this relationship ends, my world ends mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to obviously negatively affect your relationship. It's not the death of a relationship, but it's going to bring some stuff up, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because then you'll have to work through it. But whereas if you can be coming from like, I'm not going to tense up, if there's an issue or a problem that is real and not me looking for something or drawing things from my last experience, I'm going to talk about them openly and honestly because me trying to protect, protect, protect this relationship for my humanity is just going to cause it to like snowball into disaster. If I can talk openly and honestly from a relaxed place of like, I'm going to put my real feelings and real self out there. And if for some reason that is untenable by this person, I'll be okay. Mm. Like then I'll go back to being on my own. You know, it it's such a tough thing because it's like, Learning to be totally honest and vulnerable is so scary. But then once you actually like do it and breathe and just be like, I'm going to say what I need and what I think and what I feel. And if it if it doesn't work, I'm going to find out and I'm going to go back to being on my own. Like if you can kind of accept that, it's like very powerful. Yeah, gosh. Yes. And it is so, I mean, it's, so good to hear that and it's so important I think and it's also makes so much sense actually but it's also so hard to do yeah (laughs) um but 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 you're absolutely right and I and I do think that reminding myself and I suppose 
One thing that I've noticed in myself in this relationship that I haven't been able to have in, in previous relationships, right? A, haven't known myself as well, and B, I guess also just haven't trusted the other person, haven't been able to trust the other person for one reason or another, um, mm-hmm. is that I'm, it's just a lot easier to kind of think about things most of the time in terms of like, I see a lot of potential for this and not that I'm like living in the future, but that I don't need every little thing that comes up that's like a negative or a, I don't know, a little snag to mean that I need to question everything, which is something that I definitely did all the time in the past. It was like, oh, you know, this person like gave me a look or like (laughs) whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, that means that they don't like me. That means that it's it's all over. But I don't know. It's just kind of easier to sort of take the, let the small things be small things. And exactly. And that's all really great. But, it, but it is still, yeah, it's still so, I think because we're so maybe trained in a way, society trains us mm-hmm. to, to worry, I guess, in a way. Society yeah, trains totally. us to worry. We're like, what's the next it. thing? Yeah. Well, and I think don't worry because, because I've, I've talked to people in kind of new couples before who, who can't believe that this is happening and they're like, when's something going to go wrong? And I'm like, don't worry. Something will go wrong. Mm. Like, I promise you, <laughs> when two human beings come together, there will not be perfection on either side. Mm. So something will something will come up. There will be problems. They don't have to be earth-shattering problems. If you've kind of, as you have paid attention to compatibility and the major, major things that are important to you in the beginning... It's more likely they're going to be small, that they're going to be workable, that you're going to be able to talk through them, but they will come up. You will find things about this person annoying. They will find you annoying. Like, you will have arguments. You don't have to look for them, you know? Like, it's that whole, like, life will bring suffering at some point, so you should enjoy when it's not. You don't need to create it for yourself. You don't need to look for it. And looking for it isn't going to make it any easier when it does come. But like, I guarantee it'll happen. And also, I mean, one thing my mom always loved to say to me, and I find it to be very true, and it's kind of a good way for me to temper like what I choose to get angry about or not in my relationship, is she says the person, the thing you love most about the person you're with will also be the thing that drives you the most crazy. So it's like the flip side of whatever it is you love about them (laughs) will also be what drives you insane. But those two things will probably never change. So you have to decide, is that something that you're comfortable always living with? And then that's probably something you never really need to argue about. So yeah, if it's something fundamental to who they are, like for an example, I would say, I love that, just to use myself, I love that my boyfriend is super like calm and chill, cozy. He loves to stay in. He's not a big party guy. I can trust him. I feel safe with him. I feel comfortable. The flip side, sometimes it's boring. (laughs) And like sometimes, (laughs) like we want to, we go to a party, we are there for an hour talking to people and he's like, I'm ready to go home. And usually I am too. But I'm like, Every once in a while, I'm like, what if I had like some boyfriend who just loved to party and go out and we did all these crazy wild things, which I've had also flip side of that. He had a really bad temper and was totally volatile and unstable. So which Mm. one do I prefer? 
probably the safe comfortable is it going to drive me crazy sometimes the flip side of that which is like a little boring and domestic yeah but enough to pick a fight and decide I want to leave no Hmm. you know and it's those times that I'm like okay well do you want to go find someone else who because every single person has something wrong with them and has problems and has things that are going to drive you crazy so I often will ask myself when I feel the urge to start a fight because I'm fiery um (laughs) that I'll be like do you want to go find someone who doesn't have this but definitely has something else that's probably going to drive you crazy? And then I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> and then I can move on. And that's not to say we never fight. The majority of time we fight, it's one-sided. It's me. Um, but <laughs> but it, just, it just kind of is a nice gauge for like what's worth, like what is who they are and I can choose to either accept them from who they are for who they are or move on to someone else and what is like a concrete behavioral thing that we can work on together you know Mm. like those are two different things to me yeah and you know listening to you talk and kind of relating you know some and certainly like I think you know we're both drama majors this is how we met like (laughs) like, and I think that as going back to like the earlier part of our conversation about like why have I decided to go back into acting like I think that I do have a need for that and I think that in the past that's kind of come out in my relationships before to like problematize things that didn't really weren't really there but now instead of doing that like I'm like okay I have to recognize that I need this in my life but like maybe that means that I just do that on stage and like that's my place to like take things personally and get emotional and yell and you know all of that stuff and then but I don't need to do that in my relationship like I don't necessarily need to do that anywhere else in my life because it's just not it's not worth it. Like the vast majority of totally. the time. <laughs> and I guess. And that, I think I was. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I guess that, um, you know, being 35, which I am now, it, 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 I'm at a point where I see so much more the value of like actually being at peace, like having serenity, like having, you know, not that I never get bored, but like it's just much more appealing to me to just be at ease and not feel like I need to have the drama all the time um yeah and it's such a, it's just such a relief but I wasn't ready it's for such that a relief. in my 20s you know <laughs> totally because when I was in my 20s same thing like I hated dating guys who were like domestic and wanted to stay home and cuddle I wanted excitement and adventure and fighting and eh, you know I think some of it is hormonal chemical that we just naturally start to calm down and emotions become a little more like what's the thing when there's not big waves but like smaller waves they're just more it's just it's just calmer it's calmer Mm. overall and I was actually going to say to you um that it sounded a little like when you put so much of your focus on your relationship because we love we love story and we love drama and we love problem solving and all that it's like where yeah where else can you put that where else can you get that if your relationship is not going to be the thing to cause problems, which is great, where can you go problem solve instead? Like, where can you put that energy if you need that energy to go somewhere else? Can you mm-hmm. exercise if you're not an actor? If you're an actor, can you go do a play and take it out there? You know, like, yeah. figure out what's really about your relationship. Mm-hmm. And if your relationship is calm and steady, you don't need to go digging for your excitement there. You can go find it somewhere else. I love what you just said. Figure out what's just actually about your relationship. It is so easy to, when you have an intimate relationship with somebody, to, like, make everything about 
that person and like you know you're pissed off or you're upset or you're overwhelmed about whatever else in your life and then it's that person that does something or says something or gives you a look that's like it's just so easy to cling on to that 100 percent. to be like it, why am i feeling why am i feeling anxious why am i feeling angry it must be must be my relation i mean they're here it must be them like <laughs> yeah. i talk to them every day it must be them <laughs> same thing goes for my people who are out in the dating world still is like, I'm anxious, I'm angry. It must be because I don't have someone. It must be because my dating life, it must be because my date went bad or he hasn't texted me or whatever. And yeah, sometimes it is. But if you can dig a little deeper and say, what is this really about? Oh, this is really about that I'm not where I'm at with with my career, where I want to be. That I'm not, you know, this is really about that I didn't, that I haven't exercised for a while and I feel gross or whatever. Like it's... Mm. It's so often if you can just like, instead of responding to the first answer that you come up with to like, keep asking like, really, is it really, what is it really, really about? Which often when I pick fights too, I'm like, this can't really be about what I'm saying it's about. Like it's about something probably totally unrelated to my relationship. Or if it is related, it's some other thing that we do need to talk about, you know, but just digging a little deeper before just jumping on that really fun horse of getting in a fight and making it about your relationship or lack thereof. Yeah, I have a little checklist that I try. I don't always remember it, but I try to, if I get upset or if I'm like feeling off, I'm like, okay, can I, when's the last time I had a glass of water? Like, can I drink a glass Mm. of water? When it's like, when's the last time I ate something? Like have a little protein bar or something, you know, maybe do I just need a hug? Like, do I need a nap? You know, (laughs) like it's usually like often one of those four things is like what I need. And then if it isn't, then I'm like, okay, maybe I do need to talk about something. Maybe I do need to, um, you know, look more deeply into whatever it is. But um, but I I have to say, like my New Year's resolution this year has been to keep a snack or two snacks, preferably on my person at all times. And wow. for for myself and for, you know, usually my girlfriend or like whoever else is around because like then I can notice if I get a little snippy or a little bit, you know, whatever, I'm like, I'm just going to eat this snack bar. And if I notice that <laughs> and if I notice that the other person is, then like I'll, I'll be like, hey, do you do you I mean, I'm going to have a snack bar. Do you want one as well? <laughs> like, oh, and my God. Let me tell Michael. you what. This is the best New Year's resolution I've ever made in my life. It's like it's been genuinely and even my girlfriend has said a number of times she's just she's just like I'm really all about this 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 is like such a good idea (laughs) it's so brilliant because also if someone is snippy at you or mad at you how can they be mad at you when you've given them a snack that's just gonna (laughs) exactly it's just gonna calm I mean this makes so much sense to me and what I also love about it because like yesterday I was like super snippy with my boyfriend I was just cranky and I couldn't figure out why why and he kind of just like did that like tackle smother thing and made me take a nap with him and when I woke up I just like wasn't mad anymore (laughs) oh my god I have to say like since I also last year I like had this whole revolution where I was like I need to sleep for eight hours a night like why am Mm -hmm. I not doing that and I started doing that and I'm like oh gosh like what it's so crazy. I'm like not getting depressed so often or like anxious and I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, feeling like it's easier to get along with people. I mean, it's just Maybe people aren't people in their 20s because they're just hungry and tired. Tired all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. Cuz I was always like I can get by on 4 hours of sleep. I'm fine. Oh my of gosh, course I had like here. a raging bad temper <laughs> yeah, and I was exactly, such a bitch too. to everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so true. But it's like, you know, you want to you know, stay out and have fun and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and then I think that also, this is also why, you know, when you first start dating somebody and like you stay up all night, like having sex or mm. whatever, and like you're not getting enough sleep. And then you're just like, you know, not very long into that. You're just like, I'm going crazy. Like, what is this person doing in my life? Like, this is not right. You know, <laughs> because you're not so true. You're just not sleeping enough. Well, you know, you can't even see. Well, because you're going just on the high chemicals of your obsession with them. And then you're also not sleeping. You're probably not eating because right. that's like the best part of a new relationship. <laughs> and <laughs> and then like when it starts to wear off, I think, too, that might have something to do with the three month. Like, oh, you're a person because you like mm. start sleeping and eating again. And you're like. Oh, um, or you start being like, I need more sleep and you're the reason I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also, it's just so funny how like the more we change, the more we stay the same. <laughs> um, but like as we get older, maybe it's not like, oh, our emotions calm down so much. We just learn to take care of ourselves and we learn that like we have to meet our fundamental health needs before we are allowed to make any decisions or have any conversations i completely 100 percent agree and i do think that if there are people in their 20s that can learn this at an earlier age i think our planet will be better off as a result probably much better (laughs) i also like this applies to my mom used to always be like don't go to bed angry which is true but i also think sometimes when you have like a knee-jerk anger thing I'm like I've learned that if I just or like guilt or sadness or whatever to something that happened or something I said I think I messed up whatever I'm like I bet if I just wait a few hours and it's not to say sit on your emotions if something's really wrong but if you're having like a thing and you don't you don't really know why and you're like "Eh, it just makes me and I'm uh, and I'm upset about this small thing if you just wait a few hours even better if you can sleep a little on it all of a sudden you think about it and you're like meh Maybe it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Absolutely. I never respond to emails right away because I'm like, whatever my response is, is probably the wrong response. Mm. I think that's a wise, that's a wise policy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's all about breathing. And it's the same thing like, you know, back to what you were talking about, um, being a little worried about what's going to happen. Just asking yourself, like, where that anxiety is coming from, treating it as best you can, and then being like, I don't have to go along with it. I can kind of leave it there and just enjoy what's going on. Rest assured, if something's going to go wrong, it will. Mm. And then we'll deal with it then in a calm manner. But me trying to overthink it and get ahead of it, you know, don't worry. Humans will be humans and they'll make you mad at some point and then you'll have to deal with it are you guys gonna are you moving in together right away um not no well we haven't really talked about that and i think that that's um you know i there's a we'll see we'll see i feel really positive about it and you know Mm -hmm. i was just talking with her last night about how it's just so easy for me to see a really lovely future with her but like because of that i guess i'm not so worried about making things go that quickly um right. but yeah I see that I think it would be really lovely I think that she, it's just really easy to be with her and get along with her and um um but I'm kind of you know I'm open to seeing to seeing where it goes first and I think that's also just a really important thing for me because it has in the past not that I've like I haven't lived I've only lived with one person in the past but like I do feel that it's I've 
had a tendency to move really quickly because from a place of insecurity, I think, of like, oh, I want to like get this to a certain stage because I don't think it'll, I don't think they'll stick around like if, unless we are, you know, fill in the blank, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized Mm -hmm. at one point, I was like, man, at one point, at what point, at what juncture am I going to feel secure? Because it's like, oh, like I always would think, oh, I'll feel secure like when, you know, when I when she lets me call her my girlfriend or like when we say I love you or when she, she says I love you back to me or like when we move in together or you know it's like there's always another thing to come that like mm-hmm. and I'm just like but if it's always dependent on that next thing for me to actually feel good about the relationship then like I'm never going to feel good about the relationship so I just need to kind of like ch- slow my roll <laughs> like to, yeah well and things. I do think I do think that that does get easier with time. Like I think those milestones are false, but I think obviously time is real and Mm. just the more, well, maybe, Um, but (laughs) but the more, (laughs) the more you are just there and she's there and you continue to wake up and she continues to be there and you continue to like each other and get along, your body's just going to kind of learn. And those kind of gripping muscles are just going to start to, relax a little bit over time and some of that is just being patient with yourself and understanding that yeah like everyone is getting into a relationship from a series of breakups because that's how you get there Mm. um so (laughs) (laughs) you're going to have baggage and kind of imaginary time clocks and need for security and all that from other things and it just takes a while for that stuff to kind of like wash away and Mm -hmm. for you to really be kind of refreshed in this new relationship so that makes total sense to me and then one thing i'll say about moving in together uh just because you mentioned like you're trying not to let the little things you know get to you similarly to how you were doing it when you started dating in this new way again like that can that mindset can stay even though you're now with this person. And Mm. I do think that sometimes people, once they're in a relationship, now they can't take things casually anymore because they're like, no, but now you represent me in the world. So everything about you has to be how I want it to be. Mm. And it can't, these little things, like you're not just someone I'm dating anymore. Now I tell people you're my girlfriend. And so you, so everything has to be right. And it's like, no, 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 there's still... Just a person you're dating, but you're you're now, you know, more committed or whatever. But if you can continue that more forgiving and generous way of looking at them, they don't represent everything about you. You're going to live together. They're going to do things that will drive you crazy. And that's okay because they're still just a person. You're two people together <laughs> who still have things wrong with you. And that doesn't change because you're with each other now. And now you're in a relationship. You have to be perfect. It's like... So if you can just remind yourself as things move along of the more easy way of thinking you brought into dating her and try and continue to look at her that way. I really like that you said that and that you equated it to the, you know, the same kind of attitude that you want to bring to dating. And I think that that's a big reason why, you know, your podcast started when I was already seeing this person and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, do I really need to listen to a dating podcast? Well, I want to listen to it because it's Dahlia. But like, I keep listening to it because <laughs> the advice that you give, I still find applicable in, I mean, it, they, it serves as really fantastic reminders for me, even within the relationship that I'm in that like, oh, like, I just, you know, the same thing about like, I don't need to look at every little 
even date with my well, only one person that I'm dating as like the you know something that's necessarily leading to being the person of my life and that I'm going to be with forever like I can just enjoy it on its own terms like dating right. within the relationship can still be fun you know the, totally and that, it, and that it should be that it should continue to be um and I, I and I, once you can do that with them they can do that with you and you continue to enjoy and discover each other and treat each other as a person you're discovering in the world instead of now the other half of you mm. who represents everything else about you and your choices in life. Yeah. But just, you know, we're still dating even though now it's more committed. Yeah, gosh, it's so important. And it is, it's funny to me because I do, there's a part of me that I don't, and I try to accept all of me for who I am, but there are parts of me that I don't like for sure. And the one part of me that I don't like is that there's still a little part of me that sees you know, a relationship that, that I'm in or the person that I'm with as like, oh, like, how are other people seeing this? Like, what is, you know, like, I don't know why it feels, I don't even know why my mind needs to go there. But like, why do I need to sort of like, try to, you know, make it be a yeah. certain thing for some for anybody else that isn't actually in this relationship with me? Like, correct. What is that about? Yeah. <laughs> we We all do that. And I that's kind of what I'm talking about is that we do this like, when we go out with our friends or whatever, we're watching our significant other and we're like, why'd they just do that? Why'd they just mm. say that? What are the other people going to think? And it's like some of that's just natural and you can just be like, okay, like doesn't matter. I'm not going to harp on it. And I think obviously the danger comes when you want to attack the other person in public or even at home. Like, why'd you do that thing? And it's like just knowing that the most important thing is how they treat you and mm. what your relationship is like at home because that's going to be the primary. And... Unless they're really treating other people badly, their little habits and quirks and weird things they do don't reflect on you. They're mm. still who they are. And when you think about your friend's partners, yeah, they pr there's probably a couple that are like, why are they dating that person? But like, <laughs> you, there's probably, if you generally can see they're happy and they're good to each other, you're probably not like, ew, she didn't use a fork to pick up the, what, you know? And like, you, even if you have that fleeting thought, you don't think of it as a reflection on your friend who's dating that person. Right. So if you can kind of remind yourself, the important thing is how they treat me, how they treat other people. And all those little things, that's them. That's not me. And no one thinks it's me. Everyone can see it's them and not me. I'm not doing it. They're doing it. It's fine. Yeah. And I think that's, again, totally, some of this is totally natural and gets easier with time and you just learn to accept the person. Some things will always annoy you and you just have to be like, is it worth it? Probably not. Okay, I'm going to move on. And it, yeah, I think it, it, most of it gets better with time. But I'm so excited for you, Michael, and I'm so happy that you're happy, and I can't wait to hear how things go when you yeah, move there. Thank you. How often do you guys see each other? I'm just well, curious. I've only been so I've I left London sort of a little bit over a month ago. So we were mostly, you know, I was in London the whole time until then, and now we've you know, she came to Germany once, and I went to London for a few days recently, and um, so yeah, we're trying to we're trying not to let it go too long, but. Yeah. Luckily, it's only temporary. I know I'm going to be there full time from September. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're working it out. But the great thing is that like, I feel so good about it that I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Like, I don't feel like yeah. I need to freak out because I just feel confident. And that's, you so, sound... it's such a like revolutionary mindset for me. Like I, you know, it's wonderful. 
<laughs> you sound amazing and so relaxed and I love it. And don't worry if some of that, you might get scared as it's leading up to the big move or mm. if you move in, those feelings are normal and just, yeah, keep dating and keep being like, it's one day at a time and I'm good no matter what happens. I'm okay, and I'm just going to love this person as she is. And she's yeah. going to love me as I am, and we can figure out the major things together. Exactly. And as long as you're making your podcasts, and I can listen to them and <laughs> continue yeah. to take your advice. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to talk about long-distance relationships, but that'll be another time. Because I'm, I'm interested. I get that question a lot. I've been in them myself. Yeah. I think there are right and wrong ways to do them. Um yeah, I just think it's an interesting. But we'll we'll talk about that some other time. Right now, I'm just so happy for you. I love you. Likewise, Thank you for I love you. coming on and sharing your Thanks wisdom. For me. I'm so. I mean, I'm so honored. I, you have no idea. I'm such I'm a massive <laughs> fan. I I literally I like recommend this podcast to. There are people in Germany. I'm telling you now who are listening to you. They love it. Wow, <laughs> Actually, that's a friend great. of mine earlier. I was hanging out with a friend of mine earlier tonight. She was like, "I've listened to all of the episodes of her podcast," and she's been like quoting you all day. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> in German or in English? No, 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 in English. Okay, okay, okay. Once I'm quoted in German, I'll know I've made uh, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm All so right, glad man. and continue to let us know what's going on. And thank, thank you for you. joining me. And I'm so happy for you. And what is your girlfriend's name? Can you tell me? Mora. Mora. Oh, what a beautiful name. Yeah, I love name, that name. Though. It's a great name. Um, that is wonderful. I'm so happy for you, Michael and Mora. Thank you. Okay. And whatever happens in the future, I'm happy for you too, because you just sound like you're in such an amazing place. And I'm so excited Thank for you. Thank you. Thank you. I am too. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Dahlia. Bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. I think this one is pretty obvious and it totally is fully credited to Michael Joel Bartel. Carry a snack. Carry two snacks in your bag. And whether it's for your relationship or your date, no one can not like you if you give them a snack. This is literally, I can't believe I haven't thought of this myself because of how much I love snacks. But it's just, you might be cranky, you might be hungry, you might be angry, or your date is being weird or whatever. Like there's just something about giving someone food and taking care of them that is so nice and breaks down a barrier even if things are awkward. Like let's say you go, I'm just spitballing. Let's say you go on a date and you're having a drink at a bar and you're both getting a little too tipsy and there's nothing to eat at the bar or whatever. You can be like, oh, I have this protein bar. Do you want to split it? Breaking bread together. And then, I mean, that's just I mean, I mean, if someone did that for me, I would be in love with them right now. I don't care. Like when, oh, when my boyfriend was courting me, he'd never come on a date without a bar of chocolate for me. I mean, I'm a specific case of I'm a chocolate addict, but you know what I mean? And Michael does this for his girlfriend, which is so nurturing and caring, but also anyone who's around and then go through the checklist of when you're feeling anxious. Is it really about your dating life? That text you didn't get, that message on Bumble that rubbed you the wrong way? Or do you need some water, a nap, or a snack, or a hug? I love that. So make yourself a little checklist. We'll call it an adult diaper bag checklist of things that make you feel better, that are things you can check off to determine if you really need to pick a fight or be angry at the world, which probably not. I just love this. I think whatever we can do to make ourselves feel happy and comfortable and safe because we are, whether or not we have a relationship, do it. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thank you, Michael. That was amazing.
He's not here anymore, but I have to say thank you to his spirit. Thank you. If you have questions, comments, want to come on the show, want to talk to someone, want one of my single people, please email us at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Remember to rate and review this podcast. That's fun. Thank you, Michael Joel Bartell, for being an amazing, insightful guest. You can find Michael and his incredible, hilarious, thoughtful blog on his Instagram, Michael Bartell, B-A-R-T-E-L-L-E. He's wonderful. Thank you to my beautiful producer, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, and all of you for making dating fun.